The only reason you're here right now is because everything has gone right so far. The streak is strong, but if you worry about breaking it, you probably will. Welcome to Yelling at Birds. Matt here. Happy to have you with me. It's been about a week. It feels like it's been longer. Took a little break. Uh, I guess not really a break. It's been kind of about a week. Occasionally I'll do a couple. But glad to be back. I did notice. So I guess as part of, part of my process, I don't really have a process. But I guess part of what I feel through the week as far as motivation to do this, it's interesting when I don't. When I uh, normally I would I would be record on Wednesday or Sunday. Um, I certainly had time on Sunday to do it. I just didn't. I don't know. I was tired. I was in a weird headspace, and I just didn't. And one thing I realized is that when I say that, I think early on I said this is kind of more for me. Um, and I noticed that because when I didn't, I feel like I had like thoughts and feelings about certain things just kind of like piling up in my head and the act of doing this just kind of unleashes that, it gets it out. And it was easier when I had kind of a, well, I don't know if it was easier or harder when I had the plan series, the seven deadly sins, um, at least I had a schedule, so it kept me on a schedule, but though that schedule kind of kept me to, um, it kind of committed me to a certain, a certain content that maybe I wasn't feeling that day. So that's my next hurdle, is sticking to a schedule, and when I am, can I, can I select a topic and then prepare for that topic and deliver that topic without, uh, I guess, um, without giving into my whims and my energy that day and how I'm feeling and things like that. So that's next, next hurdle. So I did a few on, uh, becoming human episodes. And I think that I wanted this week to just kind of sit sit in this, um, sit without a, without any material or anything written out ahead of time. I just kind of wanted to talk about a few things. And there's not really anything I really want to talk about. So this is just going to be kind of, I'm hoping to get to the point where, um, we all have tons of discussions in our head. You know, some have constantly, you're running two, three, four, five, a million conversations in your head with yourself and thinking, especially those of you that like, analyze and overanalyze situations. You seem to me like more analytical and more in your head, which is interesting because I had, so if you have been with, been with me here from the start, you know, I kind of explained the situation that I'm in that led to me starting to do this. Um, I had a recent, well, I guess it's been a year now, um, alcohol offense. So as part of that, as part of my treatment for that for that alcohol offense, I'm going through um, basically a treatment court, a treatment program, and in that program, I am I have a portion of well, this yeah, why not? I don't know if I've ever really gone into depth on this. So 
as a part of that program, I have a portion where I'm wearing an ankle monitor, where I am, uh, it's basically, I'm on house arrest. I go to work and home, and then I have a portion of time every week to do grocery shopping, doctors, you know, doctor appointments, haircut, things like that. So I have that. I also have a certain amount of hours that I need to get for uh, just treatment hours. So there's groups, there's classes, anything that is, it's pretty much a science, uh, a science-based treatment program. So groups have to be, you know, obviously be measurable. Certain approved groups like Smart Recovery, it's an acronym for something. I can't tell you what it is now because I can't think, because I don't, because I don't know. I never thought to look it up, but it makes sense. Smart Recovery. Um, but that is a backed program because it's backed by data in uh, recovery statistics, um, addiction statistics, things like that, treatment statistics. So um, that's like an example. So I go to those groups. That counts towards the hours I need to accumulate for treatment. Aside from that, uh, I can get hours through um, going to therapy, which that's actually something I've never, you know, I've never done in my life. I've had times where I feel like my uh, before any of this, or I guess in the middle of alcohol offenses and, you know, things that that I've done that I have sought help or treatment. Um, my I had an employer that as part of their health plan, they, you know, you go to five or I think it was like six free therapy sessions. or Maybe it was just three. I don't know. Um, so I've done that before, but never with the intention of just, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't go into it wholeheartedly. And it kind of helped that I was in this situation where that's something that counts towards graduation, uh, my graduation in this program that I'm in. That, hey, I have to get some hours. Let's just let's just do it. And I found that um, much like going to the chiropractor, going to the dentist, doing, you know, getting your yearly physical, I feel that since I've been going and, you know, it's been you know, my therapist has, has kind of noted that uh, they feel that I'm in a very stable place and, and they don't know really if, if this is something that's like really benefiting me in any way because they seem to be kind of handling it, quote unquote, handling it on my own and I seem okay. But thinking about that, I now I see it as more of a, it's not, it's not something that you need to feel like you're going crazy or uh, in a really, really tough spot to go do, I truly feel it's it should be just on on par with going to the chiropractor or um, getting getting health checkups, just routine maintenance. And what I'm what I'm grateful for in the decade that we're in now is, you know, mental health and treatment is coming to the forefront as not something to be ashamed of, but just something that you can control and you can you know, take, well, take control of in your life. You can't really control, um, you can control your, I guess, your surroundings and your routine, how you care for yourself. But it's actually something that's come to the forefront, which is, which is great. And it, ideally, I believe that, um, like going, seeing a therapist or a counselor or something like that, as at the very least, just a maybe once a quarter, once every other month kind of thing, just as kind of like a check-in. Someone that's not friends and family that you can talk to, an independent person. It's been beneficial, and it's one of those things where I don't feel 
um, the day that I go, I don't necessarily feel like, oh, I have a ton to tell. I have a ton to tell her. I have a lot to get off my chest. It's it's more, I feel good. I feel fine, but maybe mid conversation, there's something that comes up, some tangent that has it's beneficial to go off on. What was I saying? Okay, so how did I even start this? As part of part of my treatment. So, and I also meet with, you know, meet with, um, you know, probation or parole off or not parole probation officers. And, um, in the program I'm in, there's a caseworker that I meet with. And so what was I getting at? Getting out of your head. So we all have those conversations in our head. And today I was talking to my caseworker about pretty much, you know, she brought up a vulnerability and vulnerability and led me to a couple of Ted talks that were, were pretty cool about that. And I know that in the past vulnerability or being vulnerable has been seen as a sign of weakness. And that was something, you know, I feel that being vulnerable is something that allows you to get out of your head and connect with someone else and why we're having all of these, or I guess maybe, maybe let's just talk about me or maybe I'll just talk about me. Cause I, w when I, when I bring the we up, it's kind of assuming that everyone's going through the same thing or similar things, which I hope, you know, uh, when I'm talking here, I'm mainly kind of working through my own thing and hoping that there's something in it that connects that, you can connect with and maybe something in it that you can benefit from, from me just trying to get my internal mon monologue out. Um, so vulnerability. So in the past, yeah, and, me, and still, I'm sure there's still people that see vulnerability as a weakness, but it's something that I see as a, it's a strength. Case closed, that's it. No, <laughs> but uh, being vulnerable, that's being human. We all make mistakes and we all have fears and we all have fears, doubts, things we stress over. And even to the point of stressing over the fact that we're stressing or fearing, yeah, stressing over if what we're stressing about is worth stressing about or if fearing that our truth, the truth that we live with isn't, um, isn't important to bring to the world or to, to bring out to the world, to create something from it and put that in the world. So we, we were talking about that today and it led me to, uh, a Ted talk about vulnerability and, you know, living a, living a wholehearted life. And there's really, you know, there's, that's, that's kind of the goal living a wholehearted life. There's a lot of talk about following your passions, doing what sets you on fire. And, and it's all kind of wrapped in the same thing because doing something you're passionate about, you're risking failing greatly. I mean, if you fail at something that you don't really give a shit about, if you fail at your day job, or let's say you just have a day job, you know, the pay's good, at least it doesn't suck. Um, if you fail at that, you lose a paycheck, but it's not like your ego or yourself was attacked because it's just something, well, hell, I was just doing it for the money. 
Um, it just was there. But if you fail at your passion, that's a that's a big time that's a big time gut punch to the ego, because that's something that you know that, like you fully feel a hundred percent in line with. Um, and so to to pursue your passion in spite of that fear of failure is to be vulnerable and to put your vulner vulnerability out in the world. Um, there's also talk about shame. And she talked about shame being the fear. Oh, hell, I don't know. It's in my notebook back here. Fear of otherness or fear of, let's see here. Fear of loss of connection is what I wrote. Shame, fear of loss of connection. And how, you know, men and, men and women feel it the same way. We both feel shame, but it manifests in different ways uh, between men and women and between person and person. But the her main, you know, what she's going through is how how to live a connected and full life and doing things in spite of shame and in spite of your vulnerability is pretty much the only way through. I mean, it's a spark plug for love and creativity, empathy, everything. So that's something that I'm trying to provide here. I Because it's a weird thing to say, um, even to, for friends and family that, that know me and have heard all this stuff before from me as far as like current my current situation, I think this doesn't work. You know, maybe this is maybe it would still be good for me if I got my thoughts out and never recorded actually recorded this and never sent it to anybody for anybody else to listen to it. Sure, it would it would help for me, but that's not the goal. The goal is for somebody out there to maybe connect with something I'm saying and hopefully it helps in some way. And that's never going to work unless I'm willing to be vulnerable here and willing to be imperfect. Which, holy shit, give me all of your imperfections. Because how boring is that? There's no great, are there any great stories out there in the world or movies about just perfection? There usually, I mean, there are that start out that way. Then it's about the, the devious plot behind the perfect society or the, the evil plan behind everything. There's never just a movie about start to finish, everything works out, and everything's perfect, and everyone's happy. Because as human beings, we're built for struggle, and we're built for, uh, we're, I mean, we're built to withstand suffering. And unless we see, and that that common suffering is what brings us together and helps us relate to other people. And feeling that, and you're not going to live, unless you feel that, you're not going to live a full life, a wholehearted life, as this speaker mentioned. Her name is Brene Brown. All right, Brene, Brene Brown. So, you're not going to live a full life without being vulnerable or without being open to feeling suffering, because then you're not fully feeling. She also talked about, you know, one thing that's important 
I guess, in my life and thinking about, you know, what drew me to uh, overindulging in alcohol and other things, other forms of uh, simple pleasure and entertainment. And that had to be, you know, we numb, we numb things. And that's alcohol for me was, was an escape of some of those feelings, those feelings of shame and regret and discomfort being not happy with whatever job I had at the time being, uh, feeling shame for not really pursuing what I'm passionate about. And to tell you the truth, this, this helps, but I'm still finding that I'm still looking and searching. And maybe there's some, maybe there is some, uh, fear of vulnerability in my search of my passion because maybe I've already found it. I'm just too scared to fucking go after it. And I think that's pretty common too. But in order for us to grow as people, and I think, I feel like generation after generation, you know, another thing we talked about was, you know, great-grandparents, grandparents, parents, and how each generation kind of in general grew up. I think that as we grow, you know, we continue, I hope we do, you know, I may seem like we've gone backwards right now, but I as each generation comes through, I think we continue to grow and learn from the mistakes of the past and learn from kind of how we were raised. And if you are, if you are a fan of constant growth and development, you are going to learn from maybe the mistakes of your parents. If they're, if they made mistakes in raising you, and of course they did because they're human beings, you're going to learn from that and you're going to do better, a little bit better. And that search of, um, but we're going to make, but we're never, it's never going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. And it's that pursuit of perfection that is really the kind of what's holding us back. And I know that's what's holding me back from kind of pursuing more, more passions. And from, and from feeling fully connected to the world and to other people around me. That fear of being vulnerable and that pursuit of some sort of perfection. So that's where my brain just stops. My brain just stopped there. And it's easy to, it's easy to say, hey, just fucking knock it off. Stop being vulnerable. Or <laughs> stop being afraid of being vulnerable. It's something that you're not going to learn until you do it, really. And it just breeds more. You're going to feel more. It's going to feel weird. You're going to have vulnerability hangovers. Shame hangovers. Those nights when, you know, maybe maybe you're having a few cocktails and you share a little bit too much. You open up. And I guarantee part of that hangover the next day, a little bit is due to that, due to those cocktails. But some of it's due to the fact that you just opened yourself up. And that's a raw and weird feeling. And ideally, I think the as part of your growth and part of my growth is to get comfortable with that feeling. Be unashamed of being a human being. Because guess what? <laughs> uh, why did I just want to say idiot there? Be unashamed of being a human being because guess fucking what idiot we all are. Nobody is perfect. 
that person you put on a pedestal is not perfect. And if someone has the appearance of perfection, look out. Not to say that there's, you know, nobody can be, but I'd be highly suspicious of somebody that doesn't have any cracks or show any, any signs of failures. Plus, why would you want that anyway? Failure, bre failure breeds many more stories, much better. Failure breeds better stories than success ever will. And those stick with you a lot longer. But yeah, that's all that's all I have, I believe. Why failure is great, why vulnerability is great, and and even shame in its own way. In order to feel in order to feel any of those things, you've had to try something. You've had to dare and have some courage to try to try to do something. That was important, at least important to you. And then you failed. It's a natural human thing, and when it happens to you, I hope that I hope that you can at least learn from it. Take the lesson, love the lesson that you love the lesson, and move on. I appreciate you being here. This uh, went on longer than I thought it was going to, and that's 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 great. I love it. If fucking computer keep getting notifications for something if there's something that speaks to you here please let me know I'm on Facebook yelling at birds podcast YAB pod on Twitter I'm not on there that much uh, Facebook's just the easiest as I continue to to kind of grow and develop here I'll start branching out my accessibility Right now, Facebook's kind of fighting with iTunes, I believe, so I'll try to post this uh, link on iTunes, but it might have to be a Spotify. Anyway, if you're listening to this, it doesn't really fucking matter where I post it or how I post it because you're already listening to it. But if you are listening to it, I would really, really appreciate if. Shoot me a message. Let me know. What are you afraid of? How do you feel you are at being vulnerable? And if... If you're not doing the greatest in that department, why not? What's what's holding you back? What you're what is scaring you off of it? Otherwise, stay cool, ladies and gentlemen. Go have fun out there. Get nuts. Be kind to one another. We'll see you on the flippy floppy.